CDC sentences kids to another school year of irrational masking by Matt Welch. Published at Reason on July 28th, read here to you, with maybe a little bit of side commentary under my breath, on July 29th. Here goes. My 13-year-old daughter, like every one of her Brooklyn friends, has been inoculated against COVID-19. Her public school teachers, who have had access to the vaccine since mid-January, will be required by New York Mayor Bill de Blasio to either show proof of vaccination come September or submit to weekly testing. Our zip code's rate of fully vaccinated humans, 57.9% as of July 27th, would rank eighth in the country if we were a state. And yet... The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Tuesday recommended that my daughter, her classmates, her teachers, and every other rando who sets foot inside her middle school wear masks yet again this coming school year. Quote, the CDC recommends localities encourage universal indoor masking for all teachers, staff, students, and visitors to schools, regardless of vaccination status. The agency announced reversing its own guidance from 19 days prior in the wake of increased Delta variant-fueled infections, hospitalizations, and deaths. Children should return to full-time in-person learning in the fall with proper prevention strategies in place. But those two sentences I just read from the CDC are at serious tension with one another. If the past is any guide, this latest ratcheting up of classroom infectiousness fear will encourage public schools to not open but to close particularly in the most restrictive districts, which have tended to be the most Democratic-leaning politically. When the CDC in mid-February shocked epidemiologists and pleasured teachers' unions by keeping its global outlier of a school social distancing recommendation at an average of six feet between humans, multiple school boards in blue polities around the country responded by suspending plans to reopen. That guidance amid near universal outcry was reversed less than six weeks later. Thanks, Flying Spaghetti Monster. You will always see in discussions about this issue variations on the following argument. Hey, man, what's the cost of just a little more masking while we get this unknown Delta thing under control? We're not asking for much here, just a piece of cloth. Come on, man. But this accommodationism, which is totally a word, accommodationism, uh, rests on a faith-based hunch unsupported by available evidence, which is that masking vaccinated people in schools will make a damn bit of difference in the spread of COVID-19. I know that sentence I just read sounds provocative to some people, so stay with me here. Consider this remarkable little paragraph published over at the really good health policy and science website, STAT. Here goes. An administration official speaking on the condition of anonymity told STAT that health experts do not have studies proving that fully vaccinated people are transmitting the virus. Rather, the official said, the updated guidance is based on studies showing that vaccinated people who contract the Delta variant have similarly high levels of virus in their airways, which suggested that they may be infectious to others. In other words, the government's infectious disease bureaucracy is asking vaccinated people in 46% of the country and in 100% of the schools to apply a facial prophylactic to impede the transmission of something it does not yet have proof is being spread. The 161 million U.S. residents who've been vaccinated and are now being asked to remask are far less likely to contract, transmit, or suffer significantly from Delta. 
CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said Tuesday that, quote, we continue to estimate that the risk of a breakthrough infection with symptoms upon exposure to the Delta variant is reduced by sevenfold. The reduction is 20-fold for hospitalizations and deaths. But what about asymptomatic breakthrough infections? Could I, as a vaccinated American, just be walking around feeling healthy but chock full of viral load in my schnoz? Though the CDC is no longer measuring that precisely, in part because the number is necessarily an undercount, since vaccinated people who feel healthy generally do not get tested, we still know enough to say that I am significantly more likely to get into a car crash this year than contract the Rona. Let's go through a little number exercise. As of April 30th, uh, when there were 101 million fully vaccinated Americans, the CDC had documented just 10,262 breakthrough cases, 27% of which were asymptomatic. There were also 995 hospitalizations, 29% of those were for non-COVID symptoms, and 160 deaths, 18% from other causes. Your chances as a vaccinated American of being detected with COVID in the first four months of 2021 were 1 in 10,000. Of being hospitalized with COVID, 1 in 102,000. Of dying with COVID in your system, 1 in 632,000. Okay, what about since then? Deltas on the loose, etc. Well, as I said before, the CDC stopped counting mere infections, but as of July 19th, with the 161 million vaccinations, the rate of breakthrough hospitalizations had increased to one in 37,000, 27% of which were asymptomatic. Deaths were up to one in 190,000 in vaccinated people, 26% non-COVID. So using some cocktail napkin math, basically applying the same ratio of uh, cases to hospitalizations and deaths that we saw in those first numbers, that would put detected breakthrough infections at around one per every 2,600 inoculates, which is totally also a word. So uh, the Delta trend line among the vaccinated is definitely getting worse. No question about it. But let's remember how miraculous the baseline is from which that has ticked up. So that one in 2,600 number I just uh, mentioned, well, you have, you listening, have a one in 2,535 chance of your eventual cause of death being choking on food. Sorry to laugh, but you'll be dead by then, so what do you know? Um, if you drive more than 1,000 miles a year like I do, you have a 1 in 366 chance of getting into an automobile accident. The odds of you dying from a lightning strike are higher than the ratio of vaccinated people who have perished so far while infected with COVID. Those numbers could change. That's how it is right now, late July 2021. Let's say for the sake of argument that the breakthrough infection rate is as high as one in 2,000. I think that's likely might even be you know, 1,000. Imagine a middle or high school with 2,000 combined students, teachers, and staff, the vast majority of whom, as they will be at my oldest daughter's middle school, are vaccinated. All right, the CDC school masking guidance which many places, including here in Brooklyn, are converting into policy, would have us believe that everyone in this school needs to wear masks because chances are that one vaccinated person who goes to the school every day will contract the Delta variant. And we just don't know whether that person might have the ability to spread it to any unvaccinated stragglers left 
in the building. As Walensky said Tuesday, quote, In those cases, those rare cases that we have breakthrough infections, we felt it important for people to understand that they have the potential to transmit the virus to others. This, says me, is irrational restrictionism inflicted on a population that has suffered the most from COVID policy while suffering the least from COVID. For all the understandable ooga-booga about the Delta variant, its main innovation to date is to transmit faster, not to pack a deadlier punch. As the CDC points out, quote, to date, no unexpected patterns have been identified in the case demographics or vaccine characteristics among people with reported vaccine breakthrough infections, unquote. This finding is of particular importance when it comes to schools. Why? Because the underlying case demographics of COVID, the ones that have the same pattern as we've seen before, uh, are this. Even the unvaccinated kids rarely get it, rarely spread it, and super rarely suffer from it. As David Wallace-Wells put it in New York Magazine, Must Read Peace, July 12th, quote, Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 Americans under the age of 18 have died of all causes, according to the CDC. Only 331 of those deaths have been from COVID, less than half as many as have died of pneumonia. In 2019, more than 2,000 American kids and teenagers died in car crashes. Each year, according to some estimates, about 1,000 die from drowning, unquote. In New York City, as of June 20th, the age cohorts with the lowest infection rates throughout the whole virus have been 0 to 4 year olds, 3.5% of whom have contracted the virus. Uh, next up, 5 to 12 year olds, 5.4%, and then teenaged minors at 7.1%. This despite the fact that the first two groups have been ineligible with vaccine for the most part, except for the 12 year olds, and the third has the lowest vaccine uptake they are still contracting the virus less. We are masking vaccinated people who will probably not contract COVID in order to protect a population that gets it the least and suffers from it less than it suffers from the flu. At what point are we going to admit that this is madness? The left of center support for these restrictions uh, reminds me very much of the right of center apologia for post 9-11 security theater measures such as taking off your shoes before going on the airplane. Sure, it might not be the most important precaution, but if we can prevent even one shoe bomber, isn't the mild inconvenience worth it? Come on, man. Uh, But not only is the potential upside greatly exaggerated, as we have hopefully just seen, the downside is heavily discounted and inflicted on people with the least amount of political power. My six-year-old daughter has been wearing masks in school settings now for 20% of her life. Young kids absolutely rely on facial recognition for all kinds of early childhood development, basic social competence, phonics instruction. That's Miss Othmar. That's not supposed to be how you learn to read in a class. It's important to note in these discussions that most of the developed world outside of the United States, has not been masking elementary school children in recognition of both the limited benefits and the costs to their development, particularly if they have any kind of physical or cognitive limitation. As the Boston-based infectious disease specialist Weston Branch Elliman, Shira Doran, and Elisa Schechter Perkins, whose names are super easy to pronounce, put it in the Washington Post last week, 
This insistence on universal mask wearing is not an evidence-based approach, unquote. So when your friends say, follow the science, man, put on the masks, they are advertising that they have not, in fact, been keeping up with the mix of scientific recommendations on this particular issue. The CDC guidance is yet another product of adults who are incapable of evaluating risk and unwilling to take seriously the downsides of treating a generation of physically healthy kids like deadly biohazards. Just because they're easy for all of us to put on, most of us at least, doesn't mean we should handicap the faces of healthy kids. And that's the memo. I'll just add here as a July 29th addendum. Please go and read Jacob Psalm's great new piece at Reason under the headline, What Does the Unpublished Evidence Cited by the CDC's New Face Mask Guidance Actually Show? As usual, Jacob takes a level of meticulousness, seriousness, when it comes to coming through a scientific study that sometimes can elude certain rubes from Long Beach, California. 